Hey, dear Tyler. Good morning, and how are you doing? How have we been? I really hope our weekend has been good. Mine was good. I've taken enough time to rest, which is very, very important. Um, so I'm a lot more strengthened. God is. God has been good. God has been good. And um, yeah, I'm so happy for for what God is doing through dear Tyler. Thank you so much for those that have listened. Thank you so much for those who have been part of the whole journey so far. I really hope that it continually blesses us. Uh, we're gradually rounding up the other. This is the last day in the month of October. So we've basically got like two months left. And um, we've reached major milestones in dear Tyler. But generally, I'm just super excited. Uh, God has been faithful to help us see up to this point of the year. Uh, today, I, I really want to, in in a way, kind of like continue from the last episode that we had, right? Mirror on the Wall. And today's episode is titled, um, Mind Your Language. So it's, it's somehow a continuation in some sort, uh, but it, it's definitely going to bless you. Now, um... In the old, in the old days, I, I believe it may be maybe, it could be maybe in the 70s or early 80s. I believe so. 70s, early 80s, probably. There was this comedy show, Mind Your Language. It was super hilarious. It was about, um, it was more of like a school setting. So they had all of these international, um, citizens that came over to learn English, you know, so that they could get, job offers in in London or the UK or wherever it was situated and so it was you know it was just a mixture of different cultures how they react some of the things that they believe in you know how they interpret English so it was pretty hilarious because their tutor really struggled to get some things across to them and they were using their their own personal understanding of their own language, right, um, to interpret how the English language works. And he too was having like little issues, you know, trying to communicate with them. Um, you know, it, it's really hilarious. You could check it on YouTube. Uh, I think you could get it there. Just check Mind Your Language. It, it's it's really it's a really funny. Um, it's a really funny, it's a really funny series. You really enjoy it. So it is in a way inspired what I wanted to share this morning. So mind your language. It's, you know, last um, last week, right, we spoke about you know, Miriam on the wall, uh, making emphasis on the fact that Define what you want the world to see, right? So you've got to be the one that creates the definition of your life, create the definition of the things around you, right? What do you want to be known for? What's the personality that you exude as an individual? These are things that you have to be in control of. Do not allow people define you for you. Do you understand? Now, that doesn't mean you have to become arrogant where people cannot tell you um, or point out some of your flaws. Do you understand? But then people are not people people should know people should not have 
the ability to intimidate you for whatever reason, for whatever reason, right? So that's where the balance is. Now, there's a part of scripture that says that life and death is in the power of the tongue, and those that love it will eat the, the fruit of it. It's very important that you surround yourself with the right words. You cannot imagine, you cannot imagine the the disaster that words have caused. You cannot imagine the blessings words have raised. You cannot imagine. You have to be, we have to learn to be very deliberate about the language that we also use. Not just for defining ourselves, but also defining other people. It's very, very important that you culture your environment to echo the words that you desire. I remember uh, while, you know, starting up in the faith and everything, how there was an emphasis on changing certain words. Like back then in in secondary school, we used to come up, you know, just a regular slang, like, I die, I die now, I die now, or something like that. Um, and the truth is that it's not, it's not like we anticipated death. It's not like we anticipated death or so. But we became so comfortable with the word that... Issues of life became hard to believe. That it became so easy to believe the negative than it is the positive. There was this, I don't know if it's a book, um, Blessed Child by Ted Decker, or if it was just an example. I've not read the book Blessed Child by Ted Decker. Maybe I'll try, get it, it's fictional. But then I also heard that maybe a man of God shared it and said that... Um, Imagine if you were brought up not knowing that sickness exists, not knowing that there's anything like failure, not knowing that um, many of these challenges that people have or people go through, you're absolutely unaware of it. When you come into the world and you see things that are awkward, or things that are different from the environment that you've cultured, you would question it and probably tell people it's wrong or you try to solve it. We literally become comfortable with the things that we have harbored over time. That's how it works, generally. That's how it works. So uh, let let me use a very, very valid example. So my younger brother did his master's in U.S. And, you know, down here in Nigeria, we are home training people. Your elders, especially if it's like teachers or your bosses or something, you always address them with the word, you know, you always put a prefix before it. Sir this, Mr. That, Dr. This, Chief This, Oga. Do you understand? These are terminologies that we use frequently as um, people, especially in Africa. Now, he got to U.S. and then they were like, when you wanted to, you know, address maybe like his lecture or something, he'd be like, no, don't call me Mr. Mr. 
Mr. Something, just call me Sean. It's like, hello, home training. <laughs> hello, home training. Like, sometimes when I hear messages online, it's not like there's anything wrong. But when I hear messages online and then there's a pastor that I love, Pastor Bill Johnson. He's an amazing pastor. I love him so much from the depth of my heart. And so maybe somebody is addressing, you know, something that Pastor Bill said. And they'll be like, I remember when Bill said, Bill, you know, or maybe um, his in-law. Do you understand? You know, relative, somebody just sees him. He's really elderly. He has like grandkids, I think. He should have grandkids or even great-grandkids. And they call him Bill. Ah, straight up, I'm calling you sir. Ma or something like that. But that's how culture works because once you enter into that environment, you begin to feel a little bit awkward. So if a Westerner comes over to Nigeria and he hears us calling people sir, auntie, uncle, all of these things, they'll be like, okay, um, why why are you making emphasis on it? Why can't you just call them by their name? Do you get? And then if we go over there, we'll be like, why aren't you giving them like that due respect by giving them that prefix? you know, to their name and everything. So imagine you being cultured, not believing some certain things. When you come into the world, it will be hard for those things to be impressed or to suppress you rather, because that's not your present reality. I was sharing with some people recently, and I said that the, the day, the fact that the world was created by words, right? Based on scripture you hear, and God said, and God said, and God said, and God said, and there was, and there was. It implicated this level or this side of eternity was implicated by words. Everything that was formed was formed by words, right? So the words that you speak, they're not just, um, they're not just echoes. They're building blocks of creation themselves. They're building blocks of creation. So the Bible says, that this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate on it day and night, that and that thou must that thy mightest observe to do all that there is, uh, all that is written in it, and then you'll have good success. It's clearly um, expressing the fact that the words that you speak are really creative blocks, and then God created a sort a certain confinement to make sure that your life reflects beauty by giving you the law, by giving his laws to consistently speak forth, to consistently meditate on, to consistently contemplate on, that these are the things that surround you. Now, because of, you know, we're, we're, we're a very accommodating generation right now. There's this whole cancel culture thing that you have to be very careful about the things that you say about people, the things that you say about um certain places, um, certain communities, certain groups, certain movements, you have to be particularly careful. And so because of that, um, because of that, you know, that level of freedom, right, it has made us a little bit more accommodating. So we're we're not as critical as we should be about certain words in our environment. We're not as critical about it. I remember... While growing up in the faith, there were certain things that I just believed were absolutely impossible. And 
when I got exposed to the word of God, my paradigm changed. And the words that I spoke changed. And then my reality changed. Now, it got to a point because there are many times that the things that you would say would not line up with your reality at that time. And people would just feel that you're being arrogant or ignorant. They'll make you feel like, can't you see the reality before you? Why are you saying all of these things? No, make it a common place. You need to understand, like I said, that your words are creative blocks. So think about the times. You see, it's one of the reasons why um, I, as an individual, I had to learn because when you are a very wordy person, right, it's not, when it's not difficult for you to come up with deep expressions, you have to be careful because you can find such a poetic and heavy way of saying something nasty when you are just so quick with words you have to be extremely careful because you could come up with the most creative ways to say the most devastating things and at the end of the day you'll find out that you'd say things that you really didn't mean but because the word has already gone forth and that individual has heard it it creates um, it creates a certain system around them so if you listen to my story on depression or even in the last episode where I spoke about the fact that somebody that I, I grew up around an environment where people made an emphasis on the fact that I've been getting not attractive. Whether if it was a joke or it was just maybe out of anger or whatever, you know, they were just a bit carefree. It built up a system around me that re- resented every compliment that ever came to me. So somebody can be told that they're not good, they're not good, they're not good, or you're not very good at this, or um, there are other people better than you, you know, when you consistently say some certain words, the capacity for the person to improve, the capacity for the person to become better becomes really, really restricted. For some people, um, such words are like, coals of fire for them. It just fuels them to become better. But then to assume that everybody thinks that way is absolutely wrong. Scripture admonishes us that let our words be seasoned with salt. It's important that the words that you speak, no matter how heavy they are, that they still have a way of adding value to an individual. And you have to be particular also about yourself because your environment will tell you a lot of things and you have to be the one to control your own environment by saying some certain words. So if you you watch heartbreak movies a lot, for instance, right? If you watch heartbreak movies a lot, there's a tendency that you'd be more conscious of the ability of heartbreaks to happen rather than the ability of you to have a structured home. A beautiful home. Somebody will be like, ah, you're living in a fantasy. Well, you can decide to create your own world, really. Some of the things that I do, um, and I work on it consciously because I desire to have a beautiful home. I, I sit down and I, you know, just meditate on how my spouse and I would settle our differences in a very peaceful and makeable way, how people will envy how we communicate, how we, you know, express our grievances in such a loving manner. And I believe that it's very possible. 
that yes, you may have misunderstandings, but we'll never quarrel. Like, ah, it's not possible. Get into my... No, that's the reality I desire to create. And I speak it as consistently as I can. There's this motivational quote that says, if you believe you can't, it's true. You're right. If you believe you can, you're right. You can determine some certain things. So, think about it. You would realize that you are literally an overflow of the speakings of your environment. Literally an overflow of the speakings of your environment. So there was this, uh, there was this experiment that was taken in a class where a certain portion of people in the class were told consistently that they were bright and a certain um, portion was told that they really need to, you know, pick up and get better. And then they realized after some time that the people that were consistently told that they were bright actually started doing better. While those who were told that they were not um, particularly on par started to struggle. Started to struggle. They found out that just the words alone had a way of creating an atmosphere around the individuals. Sometimes it could have, I think there was even an experiment that had to do with the teachers, where the teachers were being told that, ah, oh, you are, you're, you're the best teacher that we have. And it literally translated into how they offered their services. And then the other ones were like, okay, you're the best students ever. That's why I put you in this class. It literally translated into their performance too. What are the words that you have consistently spoken? What are the words that you have consistently put around you that has caused a certain level of, of disdain in your life? Don't be comfortable with the negative speakings around you. Don't get comfortable with it. Some people will say, ah, you're being too spiritual, you're being too critical. It's your life. It's your destiny. It's your life. It's your destiny. I have this uh, friend of mine, uh, someone that I really look up to. I won't call him a friend because he's... I don't think we've gotten to that level of friendship, though, but I've known him for quite a while. And he said something. He said, his kids have never taken pure water before. Somebody will be like, ah, oh, that's prideful. No, that's super inspiring. Whatever environment did he create that his children have never taken pure water before is beyond me. He didn't say he hasn't. He has. I've given him before. But he said his children, and it was something that he designed before time. He designed it before time. I was talking to a friend of mine recently and you know she listened to the podcast Mirror on the Wall and she said she feels she's the most beautiful lady ever I'm like okay well that's cool she said that her parents and people in her family made it such an emphasis while growing up that even now when they try to say anything that negates it she says that I'm sorry I can't believe otherwise you've already done in quote the damage the damage has been done. I can't see myself in any other way. I grew up 
um, with you telling me how beautiful I am. And I feel that way. And oh, my mama used to flaunt it consistently. She's fine, right? But like, there's this consciousness about you said she's not even intimidated by anybody or anything, right? She's fine. She's fine. Something like that. Now imagine being cultured in that environment. Like I said, Tyler, do not allow yourself to get comfortable with the negative speakings in life. It shouldn't be usual. Words like I can't, when it comes to maybe your ability to perform or to achieve, should be out of your dictionary. Yes, at this time, you have not reached that level and it's okay. The language is, what is it that I don't know that is keeping me from achieving this? I think I've shared it in in one of the podcasts. I, I really need to keep tabs on all of the episodes, especially the things that I say. Um, Philippians 4.13, Paul said that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So, the God told me this thing a long time ago, and I'll share it again, that the challenge is not ability, the challenge is perception. Because Paul said, I can. So he's conscious of it, he's aware of it. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. The ability comes from Christ. But I believe that it is possible for Christ to do that working in me. And so we have to get to the point as individuals also that we can be very, very um, definite about the words in our life and the things that we can do, the things that we can achieve. We have to be very, very deliberate. Now begin, imagine what would happen to your life if you spend the next two months speaking the things that you desire, speaking the things that you want, speaking the things that... Um, you want surrounded or surrounding your life. If we can give ourselves that assignment, Tyler, just speak those things. I am beautiful. I am wonderful. I am full of wisdom. Right? Just consistently say it, even when the situation itself does not present um, itself in that manner. Keep on saying it. Keep on saying it. And then walk in the consciousness of the fact that these things are really in you and see how things happen. See how things change. Like I said, I, once upon a time, I felt I was not um, particularly attractive. Right now, I have a better, better understanding of it. I was having a haircut, and you know, I just looked in the mirror, and I just smiled. I was like, oh, my guy, you try. You're really, really fine. Right? You're, you're trying. And, you know, it helps. If I'm walking out now, I walk like a fine guy. Do you understand? I'm conscious of my steps. I walk with somebody. I walk like somebody that has confidence, right? I'm not intimidated by your presence. You know, I walk and nothing phases me. It's very important for me to do that, right? So what I'm saying is that we need to culture the words around our environment and also culture the words around the people that we love or people that generally, that we have to let people understand that the words that they speak matter, the words that they speak matter, that words are not just echoes, they're not just sounds, they're not just vibrations, but they are also building blocks. And you have to be deliberate. You have to be intentional. That when people come with speakings, when people come with communications that are consistently antagonistic to your belief system, you have to either politely tell them that, no, I do not believe in what you're saying, I do not agree with these statements, or create your own barricade against such speakings. Don't get comfortable and be like, can you just allow them to speak? No. Be deliberate about it. 
If you watch a lot of horror movies, you would really believe that somebody is after you one day. It has built consciousness over you. If you listen to a lot of um, violent kind of music, it, it, it spurs up violence for you. Don't just say, I'm listening to the melodies. No. What is it doing to your perception of you? Apparently and sadly in our generation, because of how they've so much objectified women, right? In songs that a woman literally feels that her physical um, structure, her physique, is what makes her stand out. And so we have to, um, a lot of ladies begin to expose themselves, you know, do some certain things, uh, do some additives, reductions, or whatever that they're doing, just in order to be able to line up with that particular perception. Right? And it's because they've been fed, of, it's because they've been feeding themselves consistently with that thought. They've been feeding themselves consistently with that mindset. Which is not the truth. But because they've become so comfortable with it, they've not really, um, they, they don't have any other thing to hang on to. So they're living the reality of the things that they've heard. Literally living the realities of the things that they've heard. So most of the fashion trends, most of the things, it's just really about objectifying women. Now a guy feels that um, he is not capable of much if he doesn't lavish money. To the fact that he could decide not to even help his family as long as he can just, you know, spread things, you know. The things that drive people towards some of these illegal practices and all of that, right? These are all speakings. These are all speakings. So you now have guys that have zero understanding of love because all that it is right now is how much money I can give you. And a lot of other ladies are not even looking for the respect anymore. They're just looking for the money. These things are programmings, they're wirings that have been put into us because of the environment, right? because of the speakings of the environment. They, they've literally defined what culture we live in. And so you can decide... To live in a totally different world by the words that you speak. You can decide to raise your children in a different way. That they will not be intimidated. They are conscious of the fact that they carry a better heritage than a lot of these trivial things that we speak about. That you're consciously speaking life. You're consciously speaking progress. You're consciously speaking the ability of God in your life. You're consciously speaking that you are protected. That Consciously speaking that you are favored. Consciously speaking that you are loved. It's very important. So my admonishment to you today, Tyler, is mind your language. Mind your language. Mind your language. Be deliberate about it, Tyler. Mind your language. And so, like it is in our culture now, we're taking out time to pray. Taking out time to pray. Father, thank you for consciously and consistently bringing your truth to us in every form and in every manner. Thank you, Lord, because you are deliberate and intentional about us and you really want the best for our light. Father, as a people, as your children, we ask that you would help us to tame our tongue. You would help us that our words would be seasoned, that irrespective of the situation, 
whether we are happy, whether we are sad, whether we had a disappointing circumstance, that our words will always be seasoned with salt. That we would understand that our words are not just echoes and vibrations, but they are building blocks for the realities that we want in our life and in the lives of other people. So, Father, help us to say the right things. Help us to say things the right way. Help us, Father, that every word that we speak will build people up, including ourselves, and not bring anybody down. Thank you, Father, because we are taught of you and we are built by you. In Jesus' mighty name we've prayed. Amen. So, thank you so much for listening. Right, so This is the last day of the month right? in October. Can we... Use the next two months and, you know, consistently um, say the things that you want. And not just by saying it, remember, begin to walk conscious of the fact that it is on you and expect to see those results. Is that okay? So, yeah. So this is me signing out, right? Um, Remember that I love you. I believe in you. And I'm always rooting for you. Have an awesome day. Bye.